Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Um, the, it, it's an interesting thing. I was thinking before I walked up here. There are some Sundays where you feel stuff. You know, the songs, and JC doesn't try to introduce two or three new songs, and you know what they're doing. Um, and, and, but you can kind of collaborate, and, and it all comes together, and you just feel it. There are some Sundays, like today, where you've been up hacking and coughing all night, you don't feel much of anything. You ever come to church sometimes and go, what was that all about? You know, I didn't feel nothing. That preacher stunk. You know, didn't like the song. You know, the reality is, that's just reality. It has nothing to do with your spiritual life. And I, I, feel like, I felt like I need to say that, because I think sometimes we wake up in the morning and and we feel yucky, and we feel like, well, there's something wrong with my spiritual life. No, there's not. You just feel yucky. Right. Right. Yucky's a theological term. It's in the Greek and the Hebrew. You know, just kidding. But the reality is, please, be careful of that. Because Satan really works to distract us and, and make us feel like what he wants us to think, but the reality is has nothing to do with reality. Okay, so very, very, very important, um, important stuff. Um, I, I kind of want to read through um, some verses this morning and then come back. We'll probably be in it um, for a little while. I know I've already done it, but I want to do it because we are leading to Romans 9. We will get to Romans 9. It may be. Hopefully it's before the second coming. But we will get <laughs> to Romans 9. The mind governed by the flesh is death. One person rules your, your, who you are. And, and there's only two choices. It's either you... And, and there's a lot of people who call themselves Christians, and they still rule their mind. They're still in charge of their mind. They still allow on their mind what they want on their mind, but they run around, and, and we've made it so in church, if you dress right, you say the right things, you show up the right time, that somehow you're deemed a Christian or you could feel good about yourself. But the reality is, if you notice, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, where do you think Satan started with trying to distract us and destroy us? He, it started in our mind. Let me help you with something. If you allow something in your mind or on your mind that you know does not glorify God and it keeps you from the center of Him, that is sin. Is everybody listening to me? That is sin. I don't care what it is. We've got all kinds of excuses for these things, don't we? You know, we kind of um, dumb them down and kind of flatline, you know, well, it's not that bad and all that kind of stuff. Kids, you only have one of two choices. Either God's Holy Spirit is in control of you and your mind or Satan himself is. Now, let me help you with something. There are certain things. Are you listening to me? I need everybody to listen to me. There are certain things 
that God allows and leaves in our lives to keep us humble and focused. Lisa and I have been talking about something that has dogged me for 50 years. Are you listening to me? You need to listen to this. Has dogged me for 50 years that I am just now conquering and overcoming and being separated from. Did everybody hear what I just said? Because too often, Satan comes to us, or or at church we put on this show like we ain't got these things. There's nobody standing or sitting here that doesn't have these things. You need to understand this. Now, you can neurotically act like you don't have those things because you went to the altar twice, you got sanctified, so you're perfect. But the reality is, every one of us has these things. And it's something that's, and here's the part you need to understand. Satan knows you got this thing. Is everybody still with me? Everybody still love me? All right? All you can do at that point is to lay that down before God and His Holy Spirit and say, God, help me, because this thing is whooping me good. Is anybody with me? See, this is important stuff. This is, this, you know, for too long we've put on this act like, well, we Christians, we don't have any of that stuff because I'm saved and I'm sanctified and I'm on my way to heaven. Okay? Well, that's great. Okay? And when you get there, you won't have any of this stuff. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. But the reality is the rest of us have this stuff. But you cannot just sit on it. You really do need to allow God through the blood of His Son and the person of His Holy Spirit to be in the process of waging war on that and winning by the person of your Holy Spirit. It may come back. And it usually does. Because Satan ain't stupid. He never comes after me in areas that I'm strong. Did you ever notice that? He does not fight fair. But he comes back after me and back after me. And he may let it go for a year. And all of a sudden, that little booger's back. Are you with me? But you need to hear this. Your mind, your life is ruled by one. And you're making that choice on a daily basis, kids, believe it or not. You've made it, but you make it daily. I die daily. Okay? Who's going to be Lord of my life? And whoever is Lord of your life is Savior and Sanctifier of your life. And this is so very important. Because there's a lot of people who sit in church every Sunday and they can play the game and they can sing the songs and they can give the money. But the reality is Jesus Christ is not Lord. The Holy Spirit is not first and empowering. Are you with me? This is so important. The mind governed by the flesh is death. You need to hear that. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. If you don't have life and peace, it's because your mind is not governed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, but you don't understand my circumstance. There is no caveat about a circumstance in that verse. Do you see one? There is no parenthetical statement that says, unless. 
The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I got this little clicker. Let me see if it works. Yeah, baby. I'm one of them cool preachers now. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And let me just throw parenthetically in right here. You better be careful about who you hang with. Because if you get with the right people, nobody submits to the law of God. And if nobody submits to the law of God, you could pretty much do anything you want. Because it's kind of like, if you don't bust my chops, I won't bust your chops. If you don't define, identify my evil, I won't identify yours. And we could just drift to hell together. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. We'll come back. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And remember, Jesus Christ is the one who died. Last week we talked about it. Jesus Christ is the one who bled and died and did a perfect and finished work for your eternal life and salvation. Amen? Amen? Are you with me? All right? And we we need to hear that. We need to understand that. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, it comes into your life at, at, at the new birth or, or being born again or salvation, okay? Let me throw this parenthetically in right there because you need to hear this and you need to hear this and you need to hear this. Everything you will ever need for eternal life is given to you right that moment in the person of God's Holy Spirit. You just need to be obedient to that and live that out. So very, very, very important. You, however, are not of the realm of the, um, of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. Let me help you with something. You know whether the Spirit of God lives in you. Because if the Spirit of God lives in you, God's in control of your mind and your emotions and your heart and your soul. And sometimes we have to do like Betsy. She usually sits back there. That's why I point back there. I had to do the other day. You kind of freak out or you do something stupid or you think something stupid or you say something stupid. Aren't you so thankful you never do that? You got to shake yourself and go, whoa, that is not of God. And I will, ne- I will take no more steps and say any more v- words that go down that path. Are you with me? Is everybody with me? You got to stop yourself. Don't just go, oh, I'm a bad person. Stop yourself. I'm covered by the blood. I'm saved. I just had a moment. Okay? Remember Romans 7? Remember the theological nugget I gave you? Romans 7 comes after Romans 6. Romans 8 comes after Romans 7. And the reality is, is that you may have had that moment, but the power of God is still there, and He will see you through. Okay? And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, 
they do not belong to Jesus Christ. I've heard people talk, and sometimes I think I kind of heard it when I was young. Well, you get bored again, and then the Holy Spirit comes in you. Read the stinking Bible. When I'm born again, when I ask God into my life, when I ask God to cover me with, uh, my, his, with his blood, when I become a new creature in him, and believe you me, there are some people think I'm a creature. All right, that's the old Bibles say that. When that happens, God's Holy Spirit is now in me. Now listen to this. When God's Holy Spirit is in me, he will identify my gifting and he will help me to become the person I need to be and do the things I need to do. I got to go back to this little video that we had. And I hope you don't mind. But did you hear that thing about the spirit of service? Let me ask you a question. Between Sunday and Sunday, what do you do for the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ? I don't mind cleaning bathroom. I can clean bathrooms with the best of them. I leave it with Fabioso on it so that it just stinks all over the place and feels yeah, it's good. Let me ask you a question. How come the preacher's cleaning toilets? You say, well, I don't have a key. I'll get you a key. You know, this is the very important thing. It has nothing to do with my sermon. But I thought, you know, I needed to kind of emphasize that. What are you doing from Sunday to Sunday? What are you doing? To get, if, if you don't come to church and nobody notices, is that really everybody else's fault? No, I'm serious. I don't mean to be mean, but, man, we got too few people doing anything. Okay? Um, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then... Even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Here's the key. Here's, here's, here's the big. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Enough of, oh, I just can't. That's a, that's a sinful decision you're making. Well, there are some things I'll never overcome. That is a sinful decision you are making. You have never heard that from this pulpit. I understand humanity. I understand struggle. I understand temptation. But the reality is, when you actually ask God in your life, you are an overwhelming conqueror. You are victorious. You're going to win. If you're not winning, it's because you're not born again, and it's because God's Holy Spirit is not actually living in and through and out of you. You can give all the excuses in the world. Well, you don't know my mama. Y'all don't know my mama. Oh, you don't know the life I've had. What? They do not. Not really. She's got her church face on here. Yeah, oh, you don't understand my circumstances. Every one of us have circumstances. Every one of us have had pain. 
Every one of us have had scars. Every one of us has addictions that we struggle with. Every one of us. That's all an ungodly excuse. You just want to rule your own life. You don't want to give it over to Jesus Christ and allow His Holy Spirit to be all that He can and desires to be in your life. Well, pastor, that's mean. Get over it. I am not a little Twinkie of God who's going to tell you what you want to hear. I am a man of God who fears no man. Well, they may leave the church. Bye-bye. Because the bottom line is, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And if you're losing, it's because you haven't actually given that area or your whole life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's time for us to be honest about this. You know, we can have all the isms and all that kind of stuff, and we can have all the different things, but the reality is, if you're losing, it's because you haven't allowed God's Holy Spirit to truly be what He wants to be in your life. Now, I'm not telling you it's not a battle. Man, there may be something in your life that sticks there for years and years and years. It may stick there your whole life. Are you listening to me? But the reality is, you can win. Even when that thing is dog in my life, the reality is I can still win. Nobody can keep me from winning but me. Satan can't keep you from winning. Satan cannot keep you from winning. Only you can keep you from winning. And that's a a choice you make. I am so, well, Satan, shut up. Stop. Satan can't do anything in your life that you don't let him do. Amen? Still love me? Most of you? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh. It is not to sin or to live according to it. This verse just blew me away. Just blows me away for years and years and years. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Can I say something? Do you mind if I say something? Do you? Bueller. There are a lot of people who sit in a seat or pew every Sunday. And they're dead. They're death. They're nice people. They go to church. They put money in. We don't have any in our church, but some people are in leadership. Some people are in the pulpit. But they're dead. When problems come, I never hear the word Jesus talked about. It's all about them. It's all about my problems. It's all about me. And if it's not about me, it's about me. And if it's not about me and me, it's about me, me, me. And they do nothing. They're not inspired to do nothing. 
They have no vision. All they do is sit back and try to find problems with others to compare themselves to. That's because you're dead. Amen? You say, well, preacher, you're being awful mean this morning. No. You want mean, read the Gospels. Jesus was mean. You need to ask yourself, am I living or am I dead? Do I actually believe in God, capital G? Or I just kind of go to church and put on a good face? So I feel like I get my check mark in and make myself feel good. I want you to understand something. You go to church every Sunday. You could say whatever. But the reality is you could still be dead. Amen. They just ain't buried you yet. Amen? Amen. Amen? But if by the Spirit you put to death in the King James... It says, if you mortify. I like that word better. The misdeeds of the body, the sin of the body, the power of the body, you will live. You say, well, preacher, you're kind of coming back to the same theme this morning. Yes. You can win. Oh, but this has been in my life for a long time, and I feel really bad about myself. Well, get over yourself. This ain't about you. All things are from God, through God, and to God. To God be the glory. You ain't included. Are you with me? If you decide to listen to Satan and walk down that road and pout and suck your thumb and feel sorry for yourself, that's on you. Your preacher's up here telling you you don't have to. You mean I can actually live a victorious life even when I'm being tempted and tried and I'm struggling? Absolutely. If you don't believe that, look at the Gospels. Look at Jesus' life. You talk about a life, a person who had circumstances. From birth. (laughs) From birth. But he said, I came to do the will of the Father. And no matter what comes at me, I'm going to keep on putting one step in front of the other. And I am going to do the the will of the Father. And the ultimate will of the Father is not to be pretty. It's not to be, I got my act together. It's not to be whatever that everybody raises up and says, oh, that's... It's not to have a bunch of paparazzi running after you. (laughs) You know what the ultimate will of the Father is? die see we get it so messed up oh you know if I really get my act together spiritually man I'm just going to feel good about myself and everybody around me is going to think I'm a special person no they they didn't even like Jesus most of them they thought he was a nut but he came to die for the whole world. Let me ask you a question. What are your motives? What are your goals? What are your ends? To get what I want? To feel what I want? Or are you about dying for every person around you? Yeah. Right. And 
One last verse. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Let me help you with a myth. Well, everybody's a child of God. No, they're not. No, you're not. Well, God loves everybody. I love my son. Okay? But when he was stupid and sinful, I whooped his behind. Usually after his mother said, whoop his behind. <laughs> you see, you've you got to understand something. You're a child of God when you have asked God into your life and you have given your life to Jesus Christ. When he's the number one. When he's the Alpha and Omega. When he's the Savior and Lord of your life. You're not a child of God because you were born. Because you were born in sin. You're a child of God when you say, God, here I am. Please come into me. I give you all of me. Well, that's something I'll do down the road. No. I I am totally convinced that's what's wrong with Christianity. We want to ease everybody in. There ain't no ease in everybody in. When you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus. Do you know why the uh, churches are growing and people are growing by leaps and bounds in depth and stature like that of Jesus Christ in China and in the Muslim countries? Because they know when you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to Jesus. Here in America, we sort of give our lives to Jesus and we go to church. And that's what's wrong. That's the problem. There is no such thing as sort of giving your life to Jesus. That's like being sort of pregnant. And kids, we all need to ask ourselves every day. We all need to ask ourselves this afternoon. Have I given my life to Jesus forever for whatever he wants and whatever he desires so his Holy Spirit could come in and not only take over but empower me to be everything he created me to be and to do everything he created me to do? Or am I still in control just playing church? This is so important. This is so important. This is so important. I just feel like, let's all stand. I just feel like there's some might step out and go, you know what, Pastor? It's not really all his. I'm still in control. It's still about me. It's still about what I want. You might want to step out and come to the altar and just say, you know what? I need to publicly give my life totally to Jesus Christ. Because I want Him to be the one I worship. I want Him to be the one I serve. I want Him so His Holy Spirit can live in me in a powerful and mighty way. I want Him. Don't play church games. Wow. They've been going to church for 50 years. Who cares? There are times in my life where I know 
that I am not his and I am not focused in him and on him. I need to give my life back to him. There's stuff that I'm controlling and I'm in charge of. And in the end, that's going to bring sin into my life and it will eventually control my life because it is, it is a metastasizing cancer. Some have already come. Anybody else? Pastor, I, I, I'm going to give it all. This hanging on and being in control ain't working. It's leading me down a path of death. Anybody else? I need to give it all. I need to give it all. I don't think God's quite done working yet. I need to give it all. I'm way too much involved in who's in charge here. Anybody wants to come out and pray with these that are here, step out. You that are born again, you that are prayer warriors, come pray with these that are here. All right? What's cool is there's some wonderful, godly, powerful people praying at these altars, huh? is awesome. Our Father, this morning, I don't know. I don't know. All of this is between you and every person that has knelt at these altars this morning. But Father, I do know this. A couple thousand years ago, you bled and you died. And three days later, you rose again. And you want to place all of that healing, all of that salvation, all of that resurrection power, all of that glory at the very center of our lives. Father, we pray that you do that right now. Everybody kneeling at these altars could have said, well, I don't want anybody to think I'm a sinner. Every one of them could have said, well, you know, I, I'm pretty good. But every one of them said, I want to give him everything. Father, do a mighty work. Do an almighty, eternal, healing, sanctifying, salvation work. We praise you for what you're doing in these minds and hearts and lives right now. We praise you for your Holy Spirit that lives out through us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That as we rise from these altars... We rise in your glory. We rise in your power. Satan is bound. Satan work, Satan's works have been destroyed. Hallelujah. Now you are Lord of every area of our lives. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you thanks for what you're doing. And what you're going to continue to do as we walk out these doors today. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. And it's in your son's almighty, miracle-working, 
overcoming name that we pray. And all God's people said,